Welcome to Celebration Church's podcast. We hope this helps you to know God better and trust Him more. To learn more about Celebration Church, please visit us at celebrationchurchlive.com. We are kicking off a new series uh, here on Mother's Day. It's going to run all the way through Father's Day. And just for a little point of clarification, um, the car show and food trucks, that's available after both services. So you're obviously here at the second service, so the announcement fits perfectly for you, um, but it's for both services. So we're going to have that, that going on. And in fact, um, if you kind of like are a car showy kind of person, you like you got a car, you'd let us know. We'd love to have your car out here, your motorcycle or whatever it is. So we'd love to have that be a part on Father's Day. And so just let the office know. We'd love for that. But we're kicking off a series uh, called Parently. And we're just looking at these, uh, this, this idea uh, of parenthood and when it's all said and done, letting God be a parent to us. Now, some of you, please don't think, okay, well, for the next six weeks, I can just check out because being a parent and learning how to do better parenting and all that, that doesn't apply to me. I'm not in that phase of life or whatever. Well, guess what? Um, if you are a Christ follower, you're a child of God, and now that matters. This, this is as much about us learning how to connect and let God be a parent to us, let God be a father to us and, and flow in that part of life as it is anything. And so uh, I'm hoping you'll be able to, to really enjoy the next six weeks. If you've got your Uversion app, you've got your bulletin open, we can just go ahead and get connected with our launching concept, and it's this, that in its joys and struggles, the parent-child relationship reveals God's heart towards us. And guess what? Parenthood, it has its joys and it has its struggles. And Cutie and I have blessed, we have seven awesome kids. They're amazing children. And so, but even in that, there's lots, still lots of struggles. And so, uh, times where you just want to Give them a hug. Yeah, that was, that was the hug sign, wasn't it? Hug, yes. And so they need some, uh, need some help uh, along the way. Um, but in that, um, learning and, and leaning in and, and trying to let my Heavenly Father be a father uh, through me as I am connecting with my, my children, uh, it's really helped me grow and learn about who God is and how He connects as a father. And it really is uh, an incredible noble calling and is a, a, a difficult trying calling. And with our kiddos, obviously having seven, we have the conversation with them all the time, that kind of normal thing of, hey, well, what do you want to do? What do you want to be when you grow up? And so with seven kids, we've had a lot of what do you want to be when you grow up. We had it change a lot throughout the years um, with, with each of them. And so Brooklyn just graduated college, and I guess she's around here taking pictures or something. She's missed both times. I've recognized her in both services. She's like, gone. And so, but she just graduated college, and uh, Cutie and I celebrated because its uh, pocketbook got a little easier to work. And so as uh, one, one more Clark kid gets out of school. So, but we'd asked um, a few months back, we'd asked Colin, our six-year-old, uh, if she wanted to be a mom whenever she grew up. And Colin said, no, I do, I do not. I do not want to be a mom. When I grow up, they're like, well, okay, well, what's up with this? You know, you've got all these siblings and you're in this, you know, fun household and all that. What's, what's wrong with being a mom? And she's like, moms work too hard. 
And she's like, I do not want to be a mom. And she's like, I just don't want to do all that. She's like, I, I want to be something easier like a doctor. And so, <laughs> well, at least she knows like what level of hard she's talking about. So for any of you doctors, uh, we, we know you work hard. We know the medical field is demanding. But hey, mom Phil, that's a whole nother level. And so, uh, um, but it was so funny that she could see, you know, that mom has it tough. She you know, I don't think she thinks dads have it as tough, but moms, moms have it tough. And um, so as we look at this series, uh, I want us to be looking at this concept. We're going to be coming back to Psalms chapter 22, verse 30 and 31 um, over and over again. And Psalms 22, 30 says, posterity will serve him. Future generations will be told about the Lord. They will proclaim his righteousness, declaring to a people yet unborn that he has done it. And I really like the way the message translation puts this passage. It says, our children and their children will get in on this as the word is passed along from parent to child. Babies not yet conceived will hear the good news that God does what he says. And that here's the truth, that God's plan has been generational all along. All the way through, God's plan has been generational. This is what he has wanted to do. And God working in and through the family is God's plan A. That church and the body of Christ and things like this, these gatherings, we are to help the families to be able to do the work of discipleship and growing and learning what it means to be a Christ follower. The primary learning about what it means to be a Christ follower doesn't happen here. It can. It can be a Kickstarter. But what we want to do is come alongside what's happening in your home and in your household and to help that along. That is how this should be able to function. And we go back to Exodus and, and Moses comes to the burning bush and he has, he has been kind of off for 40 years out in the desert. Things have not kind of been going Moses' way. And then he comes up on this bush that's burning, but it's not burning. It's not being consumed and he's having a conversation with a bush that's on fire. And so it's a pretty strange encounter. And so here in verse 6, it says, And then he, this is God, says, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And at this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. Here, here was this transgenerational concept. He doesn't just say, I'm the God of the universe. He begins to personalize it for Moses, says, I'm the God of your father. And then jumps all the way back and says, I'm the God of Abraham, I'm the God of Isaac, and I'm the God of Jacob. This, this grandfather, this father, this son, this transgenerational thing. And that is the way that this works best whenever it is parents who are connecting and passing on the truth of, of who God is and what he has done. I want to look at a, a New Testament version of this in 2 Timothy 1, uh, verse 3 through 8. Uh, Paul is writing, and he says, I thank God whom I serve as my ancestors did with a clear conscience. As night and day, I constantly remember you in my prayers. Recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois. 
and in your mother Eunice, and I am surprised now lives in you also. Now, I want to pause here because this is 2 Timothy, which comes after 1 Timothy, and Paul is writing these, and Paul has, has this incredible ministry. Paul has traveled all over um, his part of the world. He has planted churches. He has made disciples. He has been beaten. He has carried the truth of who Jesus is and what he has done into lots and lots of different communities. And he, he's, he's made a difference and made a lot of disciples. He's writing to Timothy, his number one disciple, his number one guy who he's poured all of his energy into. And he's already written him one letter, and this is his second letter towards the end of the ministry. So all this stuff he's poured into Timothy. And he writes to his number one disciple. And he doesn't take credit for the faith that Timothy has. He doesn't like, oh, you are my, the, 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 best, the best disciple. You've really taken a hold of what I have taught you. You've really taken a hold of these things. I love that he points that there was something already at work when when God brings Paul into Timothy's life, there was already something that had been at work that was a foundation for Timothy. And that was the faith of his grandmother and his mother. And Paul is saying, now I'm, I'm persuaded that that same faith that was in them is now alive in you too. That it was that there was something transgenerational at work here. I'm super... Super blessed this morning that not only do my kids get to have Mother's Day with their mom, but they have mom's mom and mom's mom's mom. And so, and that cutie is getting to sit here with her mother and her grandmother here on Mother's Day. And um, in my study library, I have some of the resources from Grandpa May. And so that came out of Granny May's stuff and some of his study stuff and Bible stuff. I have that in my in my study library that is here not just on my side of, the, of our lineage of faith, but of this lineage of faith that goes back multiple generations on cutie side of the family and has, has come in. And so my children get the benefits of this multiple generation of faith of people who have said, you know what, God matters. That God's there and he matters. And, and knowing God and connecting with God is something that is significant. Paul goes on to say, he says, for this reason, because there's this heritage of faith, for this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. So do not be ashamed of the testimony about our, about our Lord or of me, his prisoner, Rather, join with me in the suffering for the gospel by the power of God. See, the truth of God's love has come to us thousands of years and thousands of miles. And we are here all this time later, all this distance later, celebrating who Jesus is and what he's done. And yes, there have been the Pauls that have gone out. Yes, there have been all of the great people that we celebrate as we see these different ministers. But you know why it's come thousands of years and thousands of miles? Why you and I on the other side of the planet are celebrating who Jesus is? It's because mom after mom after mom 
who understood who Jesus was and what he was, held their baby and began to pour in and speak and to pray over their children. It's not necessarily the hand that clutches the pulpit that makes the difference always. It's been the hand that rocks the cradle that has carried the gospel forward thousands of years and thousands of miles as one parent pours it in to the next generation. It's one of those things as... I've long said that, you know, as I've called to, to full-time ministry and making disciples, and I, I love being able to do that and connect with people and help people grow in their faith, but I knew that first and foremost, that if there was going to be anybody that I poured into, it was, it was going to be our kiddos, it was going to be our children, that we were going to make disciples of them, and they weren't going to get cast along the side and, and at the altar of, of doing ministry, and so in that then Cutie and I have long had our little evening uh, ritual stuff, our evening prayer stuff. And it, it's have, this started a long time ago. It started with, with Keenan. And so we have this little prayer, and I'm going to show it to you, and you can't make fun of me up for it because it's not really great. And I said it once, and then it just kind of stuck, okay? And so, but I would sit there, and we would have the evening prayers, and then um, the, the little girls can, can finish the prayer there, the little four-year-old, six-year-old, we're still doing it with them. And so, but I would start out and I would sit there and I would lay hands on my kids and pray for them. And I'd say, okay, you're blessed from your nose. I'd touch their nose. And then they're in their covers. And i said to your toes. And I would go and touch their toes through the covers. And then Keenan, when he was little, he would try to be as tall as he could. And he would stretch his toes as far down there. He's like, Dad, I'm growing. I'm growing. Like, you are. Slow down, kid. And so... And um, I say, you're blessed from your nose to your toes, your hair, and I'm a horrible poet, so I'd say, your hair and everywhere. And so, and, uh, and so, and that's been part of our little prayer over them, is you're blessed from your nose to your toes, your hair and everywhere, you're blessed as, you're, as you rest, and you're going to live for Jesus, and the little girls can finish it all the days of your life. And so we've just prayed that little simple prayer a kajillion times with each of our kids, along with other prayers and whatnot. But it's in those moments that, that we understood that it's not when Cutie and I put our minister hats on that we make our big discipleship moments with our children. It's when we have our mom and dad hats on. It's whenever we do that. It's those moments. So, so folks, guess what? You, as we as parents, we have this incredible opportunity. And it's not too late. Maybe you're new to this game. Maybe you're new to this whole church thing. Maybe we've had the privilege of getting to be the first church that you've really connected with. And guess what? That's, that's fine. God has this great way that grace makes up the difference. But you can begin to step into it today. And you know, maybe if you have teenagers, maybe you don't want to pray nose to toes, hair and everywhere. That may be a little, a little kitty. And so it, it worked on them when they were 14 and 15 because they'd been hearing it since they were three. And so, uh, um, but uh, anyways, you may want to learn to connect with your teenagers in a different way, but you can begin to pour into them and cultivate a legacy of faith. One of the things is we're just going to trek through Second Peter 1 here that we see is that moms, they're our first glimpses of grace. Moms are our first glimpses of grace. We begin to this, these incredible gifts and outpouring of love and stuff that we just didn't earn. When you're a baby, you're just, you're just helpless. You're not adding anything to the equation. And 1 Timothy 1.9 says, He has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we've done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given us 
by Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. And you think about that a little bit, and that's going to begin to, to melt your mind. I mean, that's just so deep. And it says, but it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who has destroyed death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. And so, and here is this thing that the gospel is about. It's not that something that, that we do to get God's attention. And we go, okay, God, I'm going to be good. I'm going to stop this. I'm going to start that. That's not what the gospel is about at all. It's that God so loved us and he pursued us that he was in Christ reconciling, making things right between us and him. He was the one doing the work. It is a pure act of grace. I mean, just the fact that moms choose to go through what they go through. I mean, how tragic is it? You've got the male and the female. Females tend to be a little, have a struggle with, with body image a little more than men, okay? And so, but here is the woman that has to go, that her, her body just gets destroyed in going through all of this pregnancy thing, all of the, the, the hormones, all the stuff, the, 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 the weight gain, the, all of the different things. And so it really should be reversed because the guys that, you know, you look at this and a, and a woman, everything can be just like picture perfect right. And she walks through a mirror and she finds the one place on her body she's not happy with. My ankles are so puffy. <laughs> you know, and every other woman around is just like, I wish I looked like you. And she's like, I'm just so embarrassed. I got to wear long pants today. It's just my ankles. You know, and guys are completely different. Guys can, you know, just have the gut. They can let themselves go. They walk past the mirror and they go, hmm, I got it. I still got it. I look good. Baby, I have held up. You basically got what you bought. It is here. And so, and uh, anyways, and so we just do that. I mean, guys, you just see the one good thing. Go, yep, yep, that's, that's still me. And, uh, and sadly, it's the, it's the ladies who, who willingly go through all of that and the nine months and the difficulty and all that and then all the recovery on the backside. And it is a pure act of grace. Why? Because they, they love that child before the child ever shows up, before the child ever does anything. And then when the child shows up, then they just throw up and poop and are needy. And all this stuff for a long time before anything begins to be, be, begin to come back. The laundry level multiplies all the different stuff. And then the six-year-olds go, I'm never going to be a mom because there's too much work. Forget it. Glad I'm, I'm, all, I'm glad you're doing it, mom. I wouldn't be here without it, but I ain't going to do it. And so it's just an act of grace. Moms just pour out. Grace upon grace upon grace. And it's this beautiful image. That's what it means to be born. Again, we come into this thing. We don't have this opportunity to, to earn and do it right. We don't get little redos in the kingdom. The, the kingdom of God, the gospel, isn't that you get a chance to try harder. It's a, it's a chance that you get to be born as God's kid. Yeah. That you get to be genuinely different in Him. And that, yes, guess what? In, in that and being his kid, then there's going to be mess that comes with it. And God's willing to deal with the mess and deal with the temper tantrums and deal with all of that stuff as we grow up as 
his kid. That is what this is about. As we move forward in 2 Timothy 11, we see that godly parents are there in the difficult times, and they point us, point us back to whom we believe. Paul references this in verse 11. It says, And of this gospel I was appointed as a herald and as an apostle and a teacher. I'm the one who says that this is happening and establishes things and teaches people about the gospel. This is why I'm suffering as I am. Yet this is no cause for shame. Because I know whom I have believed and have convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him until that day. I know that God is at work. Even when sometimes it doesn't feel like God's at work. I know that he's at work. My moms are able to, to be in that place and point us back. That even in the difficult times, there's a reason why so many people, when things get difficult when they're having a rough day they call mom because mom will listen and have a sympathetic ear sometimes dads just want to fix it and go seriously just do this this and this and moms will go oh sweetheart oh that's horrible that's terrible i'm so sorry and just give it and then but you know what it's not as bad as it could be this is how we're going to get through this that god's at work here let's look for god and all of a sudden we found ourselves encouraged and and turned around, and we see that over and over and over again. The last thing we want to hit on as we're wrapping this up, that there in 2 Timothy 1, is that godly parents, and especially moms, help guard the good things that God has done in their children. Moms have this ability to just see potential. And see things that other people don't see. And I am so thankful for my mom that saw potential in me whenever I had my stupid moments. And, and it is so important that, that, we can, uh, that we have that. And remind us to guard those good things even when things begin to get difficult and begin to struggle. There in 2 Timothy 1 verse 13, Paul is writing again to Timothy says, What you've heard from me, keep as the pattern of sound teaching. What I've told you, what you've heard from me, keep as a pattern of sound teaching with faith and love in Christ Jesus. Guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in us. He's saying, you know what? I've taught you some things. I've, uh, I've poured into things. God has used me to, to lay some good deposits in you. And I'll, you're going to need to guard those things. Well, sometimes in life, the, the, the role of mom, the role of parent, isn't always the biological one. It's not always the one with DNA. That's, one of the ones, that's why I love being a part of the body of Christ, is that sometimes we need somebody to, to be a parent to us and to help us and to encourage us. And, and that'll be, God will just use somebody in our life, someone that is a parent figure, began to help us. And there's a, a clip of a movie that I want to show you here in just a second. And it just, it just so embodies what this looks like. It so embodies what this looks like that a parent tells you to guard it, to hang on. That there's been some good stuff deposited into you. I've, I've taught you how to think. I've taught you how to look. I've taught you that you're more than what other, thing, other people say that you are. And you need to hang on to it. The movie is, uh, the clip is from the movie The Help. And, uh, which came out a few years ago. And it's at one of the very last scenes 
of the movie and the, one of the very first scenes of the movie is there's this lady and her job is a nanny and she nannies little girls and takes care of little, little kids. And at the early part of the movie, she's with this little girl who's obviously not her child. And she's telling her to remember three things, that, that she's kind and that she's smart and that she's important. And as she pours into that little girl, and you can tell that's the routine as they're getting ready for the day, that every day she reminds this little girl that she's kind and that, and that she's smart and that she's important. We hear towards the end of the movie the adults have had some tension and some blow up and, and the, the nanny's lost her job. And, and the nanny has been more of a mother to the child than the child's own mom. And there's an interaction that just shows us what it means that a mom will tell us to guard those good deposits. See, there's a place of tension. There's a place of tension between what, what the world will tell us who we are and and what we can do and who we can be. And there's a place where if we will lean into what the Holy Spirit has told us, He's been making good deposits in us over and over again, that we are His children, that we are loved, that we are accepted, that He is at work in us, that that He who has begun a good work in us is faithful to bring it about and to completion. And one of the things we have to understand, first and foremost, if we're going to grow and let God be our Heavenly Father, let Him really be Daddy to us, is that He is going to be having those moments with us, reminding us of who He is to us and who we are to Him, who He's created us to be. We need to understand that God has, has, has made us and has given us a new life. And so one of the things we want to walk away today with, our bottom line, is that faith is cultivated in the home. This is where it begins. This is why this is so important. It's because it is cultivated in the home. It is, that is where it works best. See, our highest and best life is found in simply being a child of God. That's where it's found, simply letting him be father to us. So I want us to create a moment here and now. I want to create us an opportunity. Well, maybe you've been on the outside looking in on this deal. Maybe you have thought that being a Christ follower was about stopping doing certain things and starting doing other things. Maybe it was a chance to try harder and to to work harder at things. And today you begin to recognize that it's not that at all, that it's an act of grace, that it's what God has done for you. It's not anything that we have done of ourselves, it's what he's done for us. And if you're here this morning and you want to say yes to that, you want to say yes to not just being a a follower of Christ, you don't want to just say, I'm going to try harder, you're ready to let him be your daddy, you're ready to be a child of God, if that's you. I want you to just lift your hand up, and we want to pray with you. We want to pray with you. Awesome. Awesome. Yes. 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 Praise God. Yes. I'm going to loan you some words right here. I'm going to ask believers to just lift their voices with you. You're part of the family. And I'm just going to ask you to pray along with me. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you for your love for me. That you love me so much that you sent Jesus. That you were in Christ, making things right between the two of us. Today I am your child, and you're my father. And I give you permission to change me 
from the inside out. I'm thankful for your grace. And I thank you for loving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Celebration Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.